Welcome back to the Catholic Pursuit, a vulnerable first-person point of view on the journey to holiness. It is your host, Marcus, and today we're, I wanted to really dive deep into a critical component of what makes a good Catholic and something I have truly struggled with, and that is both avoiding bad influences and maintaining good contact and, and good relations with good influences. Now, when I say that, I don't just mean good people. Catholic people that will enhance your spiritual journey. I also mean secular things that push you into one way or the other. Inanimate objects, music, books. This has been a, an extreme area of struggle for me and I think it is true with most Catholics as we all struggle with the concept of how do we push back against negative influences when there's so much of it in almost every environment? How do we maintain a strong shield against that kind of behavior and not allow us to influence it? Well, the first thing that we have to do is we have to be a realist about the situation. And I have come to find that it will influence you in one way or another. It will either influence you in a way where bad behavior repulses you against it and therefore you're putting you're like accepting that behavior with coworkers or with friends and you're like wow I never want to be like that and so it pushes you further into your faith by default of being repulsed by that behavior the second part is you we think it's cool to behave like that or we think it's cool to act like that and so we participate and join in so we have to recognize that there's really two types of influences and I think the thing for me is you have to know what you want out of your life and your future and hold on to that ideal in order to make it now I'm no psychologist but I have come to realize for myself that when I have this goal, when I have this quote unquote success view of me down the road of what I want my family to look like, what I want my life to look like, I'm able to recognize the things that would deter me from that path. And I think that's one of the biggest components for me in my journey of faith is how do we strive, how do I strive to achieve that success with negative influences? Now, I know that that might not work for everyone, but it has for me. And my goal has always been to be a good father and a good husband. Those two things have been the center focus of a lot of the, a lot of the behavior I've demonstrated early on in my life. Now, obviously, through puberty and all of that, it was weighed. And, you know, ideals met with reality either become dreams or hard-earned successes. And I think I'm on, on that journey now of recognizing, you know, the areas that I cracked in and also noticing where I've succeeded in. Because ultimately, your success dream and that thing you're, you're striving so hard for is an ideal. And we have to recognize that. We won't be perfect. 
that won't look like what we think it will. But if we keep our focus on what's important and we move forward with the intention of with the intention of achieving that to the greatest extent humanly possible, it's a fundamentally sound start. And I think one of the most difficult parts for me is the subtle things that begin to break down the foundation of my faith and the foundation of what I'm looking for. Now here's also something I think we need to clarify. You can be influenced influenced in behaviors that don't necessarily break your faith right away. It's a long process, right? Swearing, for example. It comes in very subtly because of the environment we're in and it's something almost everyone does. I find myself slipping down, slipping every once in a while. We need to recognize that swearing in and of itself won't bar us from heaven but it is the starting point of sins that will multiply down the road you see satan just needs to get his foot in the door just barely crack the door open in order to have a a ripple effect right and it's very important that our behavior emulates what we believe And this is kind of the part where God says, you know, faith without works is dead. And we hear this from our priests on a regular basis, but what does it actually entail? Well, it means defending yourself actively from negative influences and influences that will take away from your spiritual journey. There's also a second component of that. It's to be active in doing good. So there's avoiding evil, actively avoiding evil, and then actively doing good as the second component of it. Because you're really doing one or the other. There is no staleness, there is no neutral zone. You're either actively doing good or you're actively doing bad and you're not recognizing it, right? Those who aren't with Jesus are against him. So we have to be self-aware enough to recognize where we are. And, you know, I think I've had several wake-up calls over my life where it's like I could not believe where I had gotten to spiritually. You know, I, I, I like, walked away in a way. And you, and coming back, it's like when you find that new fervor and that new fire for your faith, you really begin to see in hindsight all the things that you weren't doing or that you didn't have. And it's a little bit scary. So we have to, you know, and I think it's something I'm starting to learn how to do. I'm no expert, but reflect constantly, contemplate on where I am spiritually. Because we can't enter in battles we are not prepared for. We can't, you know, whether and especially with addictive sins. And we mentioned this in the last episode, like pornography. Those sins separate you so gravely against God that it's impossible to have a relationship with him consistently while performing that addiction, right? It requires lots and lots of prayer, lots of contemplation, lots of reflection, and lots of hope. But we have to be self-aware enough to recognize realistically where we are. And that might be asking friends, asking family, asking your priest, 
you know, like, especially within confession, what do I do next to emulate the life of Christ a little bit more? What are active things, steps, practical steps I can take to mitigate the effect of sin? That's a critical component. Number two is recognizing the more five fine line influences where it's like if you want to be a a loud buffling sales type of catholic like um what we come to believe is like paul where it's a passionate fervor that that radiates in passion and, and and all of that and you're more of a public viewpoint of catholicism or um and you're a preacher in a way whether you're a lay person or a priest you need to surround yourself with people who are knowledgeable about the faith so you can defend components of it. Like you truly have to know the faith in order to preach it. Why? Because it's a, the mark of a great salesman is product knowledge. You have to know what you're selling, know what you're preaching. So this takes you know the bigger personalities to kind of take a step back and be like, okay, Do I really know the faith? Can I deliver it in a way that's godly, accurate, passionate, and in a good way that's received well? So we have to recognize what we want out of life. Where do we fall in in God's plan? Ask him consistently, where does my personality, where do my strengths, where do what I am good at fit in in God's plan? Are you a preacher or are you silently praying in the background? Neither one is better than the other. But recognizing where you are spiritually will allow you to enhance your strengths and mitigate your weaknesses in regards to that. Right? Because a big, loud, buffling personality who loves people could never be a hermit or could never be a cloister, for example because it would be a very sinful environment for them. It'd be very difficult for them emotionally. So we have to plan and understand our human side, our strengths and weaknesses emotionally, intellectually, and spiritually in order to formulate a plan of delivering God's word and living it out in a way that enhances our strengths and mitigates our weaknesses. This is a critical component, in my opinion, of what makes someone a really wise Catholic. Because you, you have, one has to know himself inside and out to mitigate sin and to grow his influence of the Catholic faith to others. We have to be able to do that. Well, what does that actually look like? And I can't tell you for every person, but for myself, I find prayer helps. Intentional prayer in regards to asking God, like, what do I do with my strengths? What do I do with this this burning passion inside of me to spread the faith and to practice it? Because the Catholic faith is a very high standard of morality. Very high. 
That's what makes a true Catholic so remarkable. That's what makes the saints so precious, is their ability to withstand the ever-coming storm of sin, of hatred, of Satan, and still live such a holy, rewarding, fulfilling, and meaningful, and impactful life. St. Therese of Lisieux, for example, she had a true passion for the little things, made every little suffering, joy, count to its fullest extent. Then you have people like St. Thomas Aquinas, who were great writers, who great doctors of the church who influenced the Western thinking of civilization to this day. Then you have people like St. Augustine, great orators, great preachers who were brought back from the pits of sin and, and rose up to bring so many people to the faith. God has a place for every personality, for every skill set. You fit in somewhere. Just because you're a silent type doesn't mean you don't have great influence. And just because you're preaching it as a loud, buffling personality doesn't mean you're practicing. This is the self-reflection part. Silent types can not only practice it, but we're called to spread the word. And loud personalities are taught to not only preach it, but to practice it. And these are just generalized examples, but we have to start thinking in these terms. If we're going to change the way the world operates and we're going to bring back holiness, this is the component. Yourself, your sins, your vices, your strengths, all are a component that you can put into solving a problem in the world, to solve a spiritual battle, to win in fights for God. We forget oftentimes that if you're a confirmed Catholic, you have confirmed before God, I will fight as a soldier of Christ until death. I will fight the battle. I will be a soldier in your army. This is the time. We are in a great sinful time. Just like every other one, but I think in particular, the accessibility of sin nowadays is far greater than any. We have to be so careful about what influences us, our movies, our music, our, t our teachers, our friends, or even our own family. All of these things, we have to be so conscientious about the influences that are, that are affecting us. Because if you really think that the people you love are not influencing, you are very naive. If you don't think the five people closest to you, you're the average. If you hang around with five saints, you'll probably be the sixth. If you hang out with sinners, and they're the ones that you're allowing to influence you, you'll most likely become one yourself. Now, I'm not saying to avoid people who are struggling. I am saying, be careful. Have your shields up, especially spiritually. Learn to know your strengths and weaknesses. Mitigate the weaknesses maximize your strengths each personality type each gift and each one of us is a component in god's plan 
if we only accept it and embrace it. A little bit of advice. Learn to ask and trust others with where you are spiritually. Because self-reflection only goes so far. Be willing to have the awkward conversations with your parents. Because they'll tell you what's wrong with you just as they will tell you what's good with you. What is more shameful? To ask your parents who love you, who are supposed to love you, a simple question that can only help you versus not asking that question and standing before God on your judgment day and he asks you, why didn't you ask your parents? Why didn't you ask for help? Put yourself in those situations and in those situations, you will find clarity. The answer is obvious, guys. Most of the time, the answer is very obvious. If we only take the time to look at it objectively. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you guys enjoy please share it with your Catholic friends and even your non-Catholic friends. Let's, let's create a movement here. If you guys are interested in supporting the podcast, please consider purchasing Good Catholic Merch. First link on the episode description. Thank you for listening and we'll see you in the next one.